Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday morning. I'm going to... Now that I don't have to teach college on Thursday mornings, I've just finished my semester, at least for lectures. So, give me a little more time to get this stuff out of the way. I hope to do two podcasts today, if everything works out. Uh, and we got to get around to the uh, Haftorah over here today. Uh, I was going to do it earlier this week, but whatever, it didn't, didn't exactly work out. So, let me do the following. Whew. Today's... Um, podcast is going to be is sponsored by uh, Sean Brody, just sent in yesterday, in honor of the marriage the other day of Tehila Diamond with Yossi Landa. That's a brother-in-law, he says. Brother-in-law and sister. He must be married to the Hassan's sister. Uh, they had the wedding, you know, we, we had the show, Brachas and Majol, of the Diamonds who are in Baltimore. Uh, she's an old student of mine. And uh Tov to the couple. And Yashikoch to the Brodies. They shall build a bias and be thrilled, as they say. Now, um, the Haftorah today is, an, is a classic example from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 32. It's a classic example of what I say all the time, which is the Haftorah is so organized that it's totally ripped out of context because whoever put the Haftorahs together only wanted to hammer up to the audience that comes to Hamunam, who doesn't know anything at all about the Bible. Uh, Tanakh, certainly Nach, and just have something that parallels what you see in the Parsha. And since in Parsha's Bahar, I know it's Bahar Bechukasa, but you do Bahar. <clears throat> Bahar, they talk about buying, a, you know, Ish Kiyamkar, Ish Choma, you know, your real estate deals and things like that. Since you have these laws in Bahar, so they pick a part about Yermiyahu, what has to do with a real estate deal. But you, the reader, unless you know Yermiyahu, <clears throat> completely missed the point because it's literally like, Skipping chapters 1, 2, and 3, and just doing 4, 5, and then skipping 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But that is, such is the style of the Torah, and uh, it's up to you to do the homework and actually learn the book of Yermiel to some degree or another. And so, I'll tell you what I mean. Our Torah is chapter 32, but it's only verses 6 to 27, but they're, verse 6 are very important, and what comes after 27 is perhaps even more important, and it's weird to me that it's left out of the Torah except... It's clear to me that it's uh, omitted from the Haftorah for reasons of length. Do remember that at the time the original Haftorahs came out, you had a Maturgamon system. And so the Maturgamons would give speeches on Pesukim within the Haftorah. That took a belt of time. So it's just not practical to do the whole Parsha, you know what I mean? Old parrot, the old story. Because it was not, the, the Haftorah is not a Tanakh class. It's not a Nevi'im class. Um, should be, shouldn't be. That's not what it is. It's to share certain Musser varts, shall we say, with the reader, and that's where the Maturgamans of old would take whatever the reading was and then go to town with them and play with it. <laughs> so for us, who's interested today in the basics, uh, so you have to know, you simply have to book out a, take out a book of Jeremiah, and the uh, introduction of the story is most important, and it says, 
Meaning of Heraklamet base. Remember, it picks up at, at, at verse Vav. But what does it say in the beginning? Hadavar Shaharim Yom Yom Hashem. Bashona Asiris Atsikim El In the 10th year, King Tzidkiyahu. Well, he only lasted 10 years. So that means this story is taking place at the last year of King Tzidkiyahu, the last king of the of the Jews, of, of the kingdom of Yehuda. The king of the north has already gone long before that. And Tzidkiyahu had been put on the throne by Nebuchadnezzar and told, don't rebel against me, when Nebuchadnezzar deposed Yo-Yochan. And uh, obviously, Tzidkiyahu didn't listen, otherwise we would still have a base in Megdash. And so the city's under siege. And there's a prophecy that comes to the prophet Jeremiah shortly before Tishabov. That's the idea. And at the time, so they give you in the first six verses the exact historical Zitzin Laban. The siege was on. The siege traditionally lasted three years, let's say less. But in other words, in the 10th year, you're not long before Tishabov, so the siege is on. And Jeremiah was in a jail. What he calls Chatzar Hamatar, the courtyard of the uh, archers or something like that, right? And, uh, you know, uh, or the guard, the Chatzar Hamatar. But it's a jail. Asher Beisimel in the palace. Asher clothed Sikio Melchihuda Lemor. He was imprisoned by Sikio for prophesying the doom of Jerusalem. That is who Jeremiah is. Why are you prophesying that God is saying, I'll give the city over to Nebuchadnezzar? Which, of course, was nothing but a true prophecy. And you are prophesying that I'm going to be dead. And that you're prophesying in the name of God that Sikio will be captured by the Goyim, which did happen. He will be seized by the king of Babel. And they'll see each other in other words, and then Tzikio will, of course, will be killed. And that Tzikio will be taken to Babylonia and will remain there. Well, I mean, it, you know, let's put it this way. He was deported from Jerusalem and killed in the north. Not exactly in Babylon, but it doesn't matter. And and basically he says, you are not going to win the Vietnam War. If you're trying to fight the Babylonians, so you are a traitor, uh, what's the right word, a discourager, and so on and so forth. The defense of Jeremiah is, I ain't saying nothing, it's just what Hashem told me to say. This story, Yimio. Now get this straight. Tzitzit was not a bad guy, and when he imprisons Jeremiah, you just have to know the book of Yimio. He actually is trying to save him, because the nobles want to murder him for going against the war and prophesying doom and gloom. And uh, the king actually threw in jail. It, it was a, sort of like a safe place, if you follow what I'm saying. In jail, you're at least uh, under king's control and won't be killed by the nobles. So there's a so you have this screwball situation in which there's Yerushalayim. The city is under heavy siege. As you know from the book of, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the Megillah on uh, Tishbub? Echa. You know that starvation is going on and things like that. Um, the whole book of Echa is a description by Jeremiah from his prison cell. During the during the siege, he was in jail, okay, in Jerusalem. When the siege is, when the Babylonians capture the city, they liberate him from jail and treat him with kid gloves too. Okay, so while he's in the jail, shortly before Tisha B'Av, he starts our Parsha, our Haftorah. 
So God tells him, I want you to do a real estate deal. This is so Jewish, it's ridiculous. The Chazal say that the Benos Tzlovchad were heroic in some degree. Why? Uh, they were Mechavei Veretz Yisrael. How so? Okay. How so? Um, <laughs> the Jews were saying, let's go back to Egypt and so forth, and we're going to die here, and whatever. And what did the Benos Tzlovchad say? He says, we want our real estate in Israel. As soon as the Jews heard they're giving away real estate in Israel. Oh, forget it. If there's a deal, count me in. It's a stupid Jewish way. You know, you hear somebody is getting a bargain, you want it too. And once they said they're interested in real estate, which they were, by the way, the mission in Baba Basra says they were real estate sharks. The Minnesota Once they got their claim admitted, then they got another piece of land for their father and one for their uncle and this and that and the other. Okay, let it be. But the bottom line is that they stimulated um, optimism for the future by putting down money and advancing claims on real estate. That's exactly what's going to happen over here. You tell me the state of mind of the Jews in besieged Jerusalem, starving to death slowly but surely, as described in the book of Echo, and what do they see of the future? It's a gloom and doom. They'll all die, they'll, they'll leave Israel, they'll never come back. And instead of giving a Muslim schmooze, in the simple sense, oh, don't worry, one day God will restore everything pie in the sky. Instead, God tells Yermio, do something that will make an impression on the Jews. And what will make an impression on the Jews is do a real estate deal. You're going to have a visit in the prison cell from your uh, uncle. And uncle owns a piece of land in Anatot, which is outside of Jerusalem. I've been there a number of times. Sammy Finkel took me there a couple of times. It's like in a deep valley, the Arabs and the Israelis go there for barbecues and whatever. You go down, down, down. This is the hereditary land of the Kohanim. You may possibly recall this. In the very book of Yermio, it says, See, was from Anosos. Possibly you will remember that uh, King Solomon um, condemned Eviasar, the priest, to go back to his ancestral land in Anasos. When Shlomo became king at the age of 12, there was a plot, a movement, by Adoniyahu to seize the throne, which didn't work. And all the guys on the Adoniyahu team, one by one, were bumped off. But Evyasar, the priest, had backed Adoniyahu. And Shlomo says, I should kill you, but since you were with my father for 40 years, and anyway, Evyasar was the sole survivor of the massacre of Nov by King Saul. So, to just go home and, and stay there, in, like you'd say, in banishment. So, this is the land of the Yermiel family, and an uncle of his has a field to get rid of. Because you go first, you have the Mishbagula. See, that's in Parshish Bahar, the Goel. So, anyway, God says, you're going to have a visit today from your uncle. And sure enough, and Hanam, the uncle, or the cousin, whoever it was, Kidvar Hashem showed up, and he said, Kanaeus is Sada Shirbanos, I want you to buy this field. You get first dibs. If you don't want it, I'll sell it to somebody else. For a Dakid Varshamu. And I realized this isn't Stama real estate deal. After all, even though Jews are real estate freaks, on the Titanic, you're not doing real estate deals in my hope. So it's it's just before Tishabo. Everybody's gonna get killed. Why are you worried about real estate deals? You understand? No. 
this was symbolic, that God had inspired him to come to me, and that I should buy the land in order to make a Roshem on the others and do a prophetic act. Sometimes a Navi will do something very commonly, and the physical act is then used to illustrate uh, a, a point, a Musa point. That is the style of Navim. <laughs> They'll do something weird, like Hoshea married the prostitute or something like that, and then They'll have everybody talking, and then you'll hammer home what the Musser is. So he did it, and he, so therefore we have a rare case in the Bible, it's rare, of what we would call uh, a, a land purchase deal. You know, Kesef, Star, Chazaka, all that stuff that they talk about in the Gemara, and they use this chapter in the Gemara very heavily. Uh, you Yeshiva guys will possibly recognize it from the Gemara. You know, the Siva used to say, uh, uh, the yeshiva, the Bnei Yeshiva now are amazing. Uh, Tanakh they know from Gemara, and Gemara they know from Kitzos. <laughs> so here's the case because it says, I saw them, I bought it. There you see, you know, King Kesev and all that. Shiva Shkon Basarakasev, he tells them how much money. For Echta Basefer, and he did also a Shtar Mechira. So you don't find in the Bible, in the Old Testament, you know, Kinyonim too often. Uh, it's extremely rare. Maybe this is unique. Do you remember this in the Gemara? It's like, it's like uh, fairly well known. And in Balbasra. So, the Sefer HaMikna, which is the star. Now, by the way, Sefer HaMikna, not the Makna, because, you know, the Haflob wrote the Sefer HaMakna, and uh, no, it's not. That's what they call Yeshiva. It's the Sefer HaMikna. And he had the chosim and the gali, you know, the, the two parts of the star that they used to do in the old days, right? Rashi, there are many ways of explaining it. Rashi says, the chosim in chasim also, uh, the sealed part, and the hagali, shuhuksek bebezin, al piedo, vachosim vachosim dayon, sharta dadaini, kiyam ashtars. So he even did a kiyam stars. You know what that means? To prove that this is a, uh, like a henpick, let's say, you know, that this is a, a, a legitimate star, don't come and be my on it, that it's Mazuyev. I gave it to my um, student Baruch. So he gives it like, in other words, there's a whole, um, you know, description of the procedure, which as I say before, if you're interested in Staros, Karka, this is a very interesting uh, 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 chapter. I'm serious about that. And there were witnesses there, and so forth. And I told Baruch, and here comes the Musar part, that he's supposed to give over, once people see this strange action of buying a piece of land, a real estate, um, in the middle of a siege. I mean, why didn't he simply say like this? You're arranging the chairs on the Titanic, as they say. The whole country's going to be wiped out. Base of is going to be destroyed. The Jews are going to be shafted you know, never is around massacres. The survivor is going to march up three quarters dead to Bubba. And you're worried about making a deal now. Who even knows 70 years now or 80 years whenever we come back, nothing is going to be left. Wrong. He says, Remember that from the Gemara? Keep this record in a klicheres. In other words, I want you to put this away that'll be around for a long time, because one day our 
children, grandchildren, whatever, going to come back. And being very Jewish, they're going to say, yes, I want my real estate, man. And I know somewhere over here is a record of the deed. He called my Hashem, oh, you're going to buy themselves the crumb bears to those. A time will come when there will be a real estate market once again. So even though now, see, it's very interesting. It could be, and it make total sense, that during the siege, the, the the city must have been depressed, and the Yush must have been amazing, and they were not wrong, because a massacre was about to happen on Tishabov and afterwards. The city actually fell on Shabbat and Batamas, uh, and the, the massacres took place at Tishabov time, and maybe many people died beforehand. And so let's put it this way. People are unloading property. If you're in a city with a limited supply of food because there was starvation, and if I owned a lot of real estate, I mean, I'll sell the real estate for a song to get a little bit of cash, to get a little bit of food. What's the point of holding on the real estate if you starve to death? And so there was no market. There was a, what what do you call it? When you, it was only selling. And Hashem said, no, no, oh, you kind of bought them. So a time will come when a real estate market will be restored that people want to buy. Right? And I said, and he goes into a long speech. And um, it is included in the Haftarah, but they stop in the middle. It's, it's weird to me. He says, Oh Lord, I know you're powerful. You know, you can put it. And he calls him No, he doesn't. He calls him in, in verse Yudches. He leaves out Hanorah. In the Chumash, Moshe Rabbeinu said, which of course he put in Shemonesri. But the Gemara, and some of you must be familiar with this, says something most remarkable. He said, you look at uh, Yermio and Daniel, they did not say that. Um, he, uh, Rashi here says, right? Yermio deliberately excluded, omitted Hanura. Now he knew it. It's not like he forgot it. He didn't want to say it. Because emotionally, if the Gaim are dancing in the Heichal, meaning the Babylonians are about to take the city and destroy the temple, I don't see God as Nora. Right? And Daniel said, and he left out Gibor, I think. Gvurosov. It's a wonderful uh, Gemara. It's in Yuma and in Chagig and Nerushalmi. I happen to remember this. I don't know why. And uh, they said, why did they leave it out? Uh, Can human beings have the effrontery, the, the chutzur to do so? And they say, yeah. Uh, if you, in real davening, not the way we have it today when it's already written out and it's wrote. In real, genuine davening, like I was talking about in the Tefillah podcast, when people used to speak on their own, whatever they wanted, like the Rambam says, uh, you know, like the Quaker style, or the Breslov, if you wish, you say what you really want, once upon a th- and what you mean. Once upon a time, a guy's davening was like this, please give me a lot of money. Please let me marry that girl. Please let me marry that guy. I'm nuts over her. Do something about this. At least that's a real davening, Right? So, you said what you wanted, and that's the way God wanted, because that's the Lechatchila. The road prayer came later with Nanshi Yosegdol, so that's Drabonin. But the derise is not that. The original system of prayer is you say what you honestly, genuinely feel. 
So if Yermio, who's living in a Holocaust, that's what he's living in, says, I don't see the revulsion as no row, then God didn't want him to say it just to be politically correct. That's what the Gemara says. They knew Elohim Amiti, that God is interested in MS. They know baloney. They ain't machnifalo. So you're not going to be duchanifa and say something you don't really believe, just to kiss up. That's extraordinary. But this is the, I'm just pointing it out to you that here in 3218 is where the famous reference is. And then he goes on to say, God alayt the Rabbalia, you're so great, and this, not the other. One of those little speeches you find, he took the people out of Egypt, da 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 da. Right? Now, here's the thing. Uh, after talking all this, he says, this is what you call sacred history. I've referred to this other times. You find in the Nevi'im, especially, sometimes in Ksuvis, Ksuvim, I mean, a sacred history, like in Tehillim and in, in Nehemiah and Ezra, where you'll recount very briefly the history of Jewish people, the highlights. Oh, you picked Avram, and then you took us out of Egypt, and he gave us the Torah and brought us to Eretz Yisrael, and then we screwed up. That's the general idea. There's a variation of that. Vayavov Yeshua saw you brought the Jews to Israel and they inherited all this stuff happened. So in other words, this is just a, a poetic way of Yermio approaching God and saying, why are we doing this real estate deal? Why do you want me to do this? The enemy siege lines are getting closer and closer. Because it's, Nebuchadnezzar had a professional army, and little by little, you bring it. It's a whole science to it. I don't want to go to it. You, you bring your trenches closer and closer. You pile up the dirt in front of the trenches, and they can't shoot down at you. And then you move the, you undermine, you, you, you dig the trenches closer and closer until you get to the point you can put a battering ram against the wall. So he says they're getting closer and closer. And the city's going to be given over to the to the uh, Babylonians and, and cities going to suffer from Cherev and from Ro'ov and from Dever. Isn't that interesting? Cherev, of course, we know. Ro'ov is from the book of Echa, all the people that are dying. Remember what it says in the book of Echa? Tovim hoyu chale cherev, michale ro'ov. Right? Those who died quickly from a sore are luckier than those who died slowly from the uh, from the hunger. And the Dever is, you know, when you have the malnutrition, he brings on the plagues. Uh, and you prophesied this, O Lord, and it's all happening. And now you tell me do a real estate deal? This is going to be wiped out by the game. Now, this is almost as far as the Haftarah goes. You just say, God responds to Jeremiah. Is anything beyond me? Or don't you think I know the future, as Rashi says? That's the end of the Haftarah. See, the whole point was just to do something about, you know, Geula on Karka, like Parsha Bahar. But the Iker goes on and on is much more interesting. Because he goes on to say in chapter 32, It's true, the God will catch the city. And all the cities and on the and all the the houses and city will be burned because that's where they used to worship idols. Because Bnei Israel no good. This city has driven me crazy. God says, you know, ever since the day they they found that Jerusalem has been a sin city, and Al Koraz Bnei Israel and I, you know, they got me angry. 
and so forth. So God is really venting over here. Upon him, he turned away from me. She goes saying, blah, 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 blah. And he on and on and on. Um, and then he says like this, the city will be destroyed, but later will come a geula. See, this is the dramatic part. This should be in the Haftorah. <laughs> this is the good part. But you see, they wanted to skip the part about how bad it's going to be. Right? I mean, he goes on, he says, You know what they did in Jerusalem? They built all these places for Baal. Asher begave Ben-Hinnom in Gehenna, the, 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 um, the site in Jerusalem. That's where the Begin Museum is, where they used to do the human sacrifices. Right? They did human sacrifices. No, they did the worst kind of a desire. But, 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 in chapter, in verse 36, Lochein, you say the city be given to Bavel, in the Makabsim Kalaroses. Eventually, later on, I'll, I'll bring a Gula, I'll bring him back. When I was angry, but then my anger will go away. And I'll bring him back to Yerushalayim. And then, like I said before, your descendants are going to know where the real estate deal is. They're going to want the deed. Then everything will be great. Bekarati lochem bris olam and v'sasti alem lehiti minhem when the tati bems everything will be great. We're not finished this chapter. See how long this chapter is. That's my point. Kikom Hashem kasher vesi asem is called razos kino nochim bevesi is called tova azos. Just like you Jeremiah prophesying all the bad that's going to happen and all the bad will happen. Similarly, I'm telling you with the same authority, the same way I got him predicting. The disasters and the disasters aren't happening. So you see, I'm not lying. So the same God is telling you, in the long run, it'll be good stuff, and I'm not lying either. And fields will be built. I mean, fields will be purchased. Like I said before, there'll be real estate market. So to use modern terminology, your grandson, a great grandson, when they when the Jews return to Israel, some real estate shark will go over to him and say, "Yes, listen, I know you own this land because your grandfather Jeremiah bought it, and I know you have the deed somewhere." I'm gonna make you a very good offer. <laughs> right? Make it. I'll take it off your hands right now. No sign and scene. V'nik darts parts as those. Asher atemarim shmamahim ain't on them. Yoshev net to be on the costume. The city, the 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 land which is being devastated and totally destroyed by the Babylonians will one day have a real estate value again. Sados v'kesev yitnu v'chasim b'sev v'chasim b'hoid edim parents minyamin. You'll have real estate courts with the uh, you know. Kinyanim of Karkov and the Shtari Mechira and the Edim, Mesiushalayim, Varyanegav, Kiyashi Veshusam Nuashem. That's the end of the prophecy. It happens to be the end of the chapter. The chapter is from the Goyim, but it is the end of the prophecy. So, for some reason, so you have a typical uh, prophetic passage which talks about the bad that's happening in the short run, followed by the ghouls happening in the long run. Maybe because it's 40 some sukkim, which is too long for a Haftorah, especially with the Batogaman system they have long ago. So they only shared the, the, the chalet, you know, that goes with the reminder of the laws of uh, Karka and, uh, you know, the Geula, you know, in English Goel that you find in the uh, Pasha Bahar and all that stuff. And so it's, it's funny uh, because the truth of the matter is it's very dramatic. And uh, he's talking about, you know, like I say, Yermio was always the prophecy of doom and gloom, and he was. And doom and gloom certainly hit the Jewish people, no question about it. But he's also a prophet of ultimate geula. Uh, 
And as it says over here, the same God that said, I'll destroy everything, the same God says, eventually be restored. So it's just funny to me that they use this kind of deal. Because you could have the same Nevoah without this real estate deal. But it doesn't, it's not the same thing. Obviously, what works with Jews is when they see cash changing hands or deeds being registered in court or things like that. And imagine what it was like if you lived in Yerushalayim and you heard a piece of land was just purchased and acquired by no less than Yermiel Anovi, and he's putting the deed away. Either you say the guy's nuts, or you say, wow, he knows something about the future we don't know. The immediate future is not good, but the long-term future will be good. So real estate and Jews and hope have been around together forever. And we all know the deal, the jokes, but by the time the conversation is over, the land has been sold, the car has been sold. Now here we have a classic example of that in this week's Haftarah. So once again, we thank the Brodies, and with that I wish you a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.